Hi, everyone. We are back from the lobby with Jack O'Donnell, a podcast that goes behind the scenes in politics with Jack, managing partner of O'Donnell and Associates, a top New York lobbying firm. I'm Joanna Passeri, Director of Communications at O'Donnell and Associates. We are continuing our campaign series with the newest member of our team, Alec Lewis, Vice President and Director of Campaigns. Alec has a lot of experience getting candidates elected after spending the past decade helping New York Senate Democrats win consecutive supermajorities. Alec has a special guest, Ulster County Executive Jen Metzger, who's running for re-election, and they are talking about her campaign to bring continued progress to Ulster County. Hi, Alec and Jen, and welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Joanna. It's great to be here, to be here with my old friend, Alec. Yes, Jen, it's awesome to have you on. Uh, I've been excited to talk with you for a long time, and for our listeners, I've known Jen Uh, since 2017 when I was actually living in Kingston and she was the executive director back then for Citizens of Local Power, a a great grassroots group. Now at that time I was part of the New York Senate Democratic team working to recruit Jen. Uh, We were in the minority and we began to talk to her and encourage her to think about running for, for the state Senate. And I'd love to get to your time in the state Senate, but first let's start with your story. Now Jen, you've talked very openly and vulnerably about how your dad being laid off was a foundational point in your life. And your family went from living this very comfortable middle-class life to being really poor within a few short weeks. Now you responded to that by working even harder in school, taking advantage of a very good public education, and you were thankfully able to go to college with a full financial aid package. Fast forward a bit, you graduate with a bachelor's in government with high honors from Oberlin College. Then you worked as a public affairs coordinator for the UN in the early 90s, where you actually helped with preparations for some of the first international negotiations on climate change. And I know that's a big issue for you, and we're gonna get to that later on. Now, subsequently, you taught college courses, politics, environmental policy, political economy, and international relations as an instructor at the Walt Whitman Center for Culture and Democracy at Rutgers University. Now, you would go on to earn your doctorate. That's right, you are a doctor. I am. Dr. Jen Metzger, a doctorate in political science that you obtained from Rutgers back in 2004. You have a long and impressive resume. Uh, You also have a great family. And I'd love for you to describe just in general how you felt like growing up for your family, the way you grew up and your family upbringing, your educational journey. How did all that help shape your life? Sure. Well, I mean, I think, you know, first of all, at a very young age, um, I, you know, I saw, you know, the kind of impact that losing a job and really a career, what it was for my dad, what kind of, you know, what kind of impact that has on one's sense of self-worth and just everything. And the impacts were huge and lasted many years for him and you know he he battled deep depression that was immobilizing battled you know some substance use issues and you know I got to experience that as as his child in a very direct way and you know I see like kind of fast forwarding to today I, I can see the impacts and have a lot of I guess, understanding for what many, many people, many families are going through in our communities, just struggling to make ends meet, 
you know, the mental health crisis is huge and real for many people, uh, substance use crisis as well. And I think it's, it's, it's given me insights into them and also strengthened my resolve to really do do something about them, which, you know, I worked on these issues in the state Senate and continue to do so as a county executive. And also I experienced like serious, we moved constantly because we didn't have uh, enough money to live. And I also know in a very firsthand way what it feels like to, to live with housing instability, which is another issue facing many people right now. But I'd say I knew from a very young age that I had to really just take command of my situation as much as I could and do what I could within my own powers to, you know, succeed wherever that was in school um, and beyond. And I knew I had to work really hard to do it because, you know, I didn't have parents that could just, you know, pay some big tuition at a college somewhere. I knew I'd have to get uh, full financial aid or full scholarship or something. and you know, worked really hard for it. But it also gave me a real appreciation too about how, just how important a good public education is, how important, you know, having access to to things like, you know, TAP and other forms of state assistance to go to SUNY, to one of our great uh, SUNY universities and colleges, you know, how important these things are for everyone, all of our young people to realize their full potential. So it's made me a big defender of all these things and, you know, a public servant that really wants to make sure that people have what they need, not just to survive, but to thrive. Well, I think also what you've described is your experience with empathy. You've been able to be in the shoes of a lot of people who are struggling. And that was a word that came up a lot in our conversation with Anna Kaplan, your old friend and colleague in the Senate. We, We talked with her about her congressional campaign And I think one other impressive piece, like her, you came into the Senate after winning in 2018. You had the strength and courage to actually jump into the race before, uh, I believe, Republican incumbent at that time, John Bonasek, decided not to run again. And you flipped that seat and you became a New York State Senator in the new Democratic Senate majority. This was the old version of the 42nd District, which at that time included all of Sullivan County and parts of Delaware, Orange and Ulster counties. You served as the Agriculture Committee Chair, uh, which is now chaired by Senator Hinchy, also from Ulster County. And you were- Fabulous representative for us, yes. <laughs> great representative, great friend. Uh, now you worked on many pieces of successful legislation, including the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, the Comprehensive Broadband Coverage Act, the Boss Law to safeguard New Yorkers against workplace discrimination based on the reproductive health decisions, which certainly is very timely given the Supreme recent Supreme Court rulings, yeah. um, as well as the Emergency Tenant Protection Act and the Ulster County Community Preservation Act. I mean, it's an impressive list of achievements. And then also you secured funding to establish a vet-to-vet mental health program mm-hmm. and infrastructure for county buses in Ulster County equipment for your local EMS and fire departments, and also millions of dollars in funding for important local projects in Ulster County. So all of that to say, when you look back at all of your wins in the state Senate, uh, in, and in one term, I might add, you got it done in, in two years. I know obviously you know, your reelection didn't go the way you wanted to go in 2020, but you've responded and come back and serving Ulster County. When you look back at your time in the Senate, what achievements give you the most pride 
in your real deliverables for Ulster County. Right. Wow. That's, you know, it's, it's, that's, uh, it's hard to pick one or a couple. I mean, certainly I've been working on uh, addressing the climate crisis for decades <laughs> in my, I mean, that's been just one of my chief passions and my focus for a long time. And so certainly passing the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act was huge. And and uh, really one of the reasons why I ran for county executive is counties have a critically important role to play in implementing uh, that Climate Act. And there is an opportunity to really create the models of how to get to those nation leading you know, emissions reduction mandates that we have set out in the law and to do really creative things and show counties, other communities, other states, all of the benefits that accrue to our communities beyond the climate benefits from transitioning to a clean energy economy. That was a huge achievement and, and I'm very excited to be in a position to, you know, really lead on some, creating some models to implement that law. But, you know, all of these other things, uh, legislative achievements from the Senate days, actually, it's really wonderful to be in this position now and see, first of all, the fruits of um, those efforts come to bear at the county level and the communities that I represent, and also, you know, taking part in making the most of them for our residents and businesses. And so I'll just give you, you know, one example, um, the EPTA, you know, I was working with Kavanaugh quite closely on getting that passed as part of, as part of that uh, groundbreaking housing and protection legislation that we passed. Um, and just just the other day, I submitted comments to the city of Kingston. They were the first city in the state to take out to take advantage of that uh, of that law. Um, and to really, I got to really weigh in on how important it was to basically, you know, freeze increases in rents at this moment in Kingston because I am seeing as county executive, you know, it's the county that's responsible for finding emergency housing for people. And we are, we are facing an unprecedented crisis in emergency housing. And there are, you know, over half of the families and individuals that we are trying to find placements for. People have been evicted. People, over half of them are from the city of Kingston. So right there, you know, I'm able to kind of weigh in with my daily experience at the county level and say, look, this is what we need to do um, to keep more people from, you know, losing losing a roof over their head now. So it's it's all kind of come back around in a way, it's kind of, but in, a, I think, a very positive way. In, you know, all the work I did in agriculture, um, you know, on, can on hemp and cannabis, you know, we're really working to grow and diversify the opportunities for small farmers here. Agriculture is, you know, the second biggest sector in Ulster County after tourism and very linked to it. And so I've, I've been able to like bring my experience, all these kind of um, experiences um, and, you know, policy laws and policy initiatives I've worked at, on, on at the state level. I've really been able to you know, use them as a kind of a jumping off pad for creating some new initiatives here in Ulster County.
Well, you mentioned cannabis and you mentioned agriculture, and that kind of leads into my next question. You know, I mentioned earlier, you've been very resilient in your life and certainly in recent years. After losing a close race for re-election in 2020, you responded by really quickly jumping right back into public service roles. You were appointed to serve as a member of the state's cannabis control board, as well as the NYSERDA Agricultural Technical Working Group. Now, you stepped up to run for Ulster County Executive when Pat Ryan was running for Congress. It was a unique special election. I was living in Ulster at that time. And you won this special election, which actually ended up coinciding with the November general with a strong 56% of the vote. Now you're currently one of only 19 county executives. And in addition to being the first female elected county executive in Ulster County, you're the only currently serving female county executive in the state of New York. Yeah. So yeah, what, does mean, what does it mean for you to be the only woman currently serving in this very important local government executive leadership role? Well, you know, first of all, you know, I often think back to Andrea, our friend Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who one of my greatest kind of role models and mentors in many ways. But she, you know, if you recall, you know, she was the first to kind of break up that three men in a room, you know, and now look, now it's, it's two of three are women. But I found it actually really shocking. Um, I shouldn't have, I suppose, that there were no other women county executives, but, you know, we still women are still far behind when it comes to serving in executive positions, whether that's in the public sector or the private sector. And I'm hoping to uh, demonstrate and encourage um, more women to run and to step up for these positions because we have a lot to bring to these positions. And uh, I will just tell you, you know, it's it, it brings a different perspective. You know, I'm working on developing this workforce innovation center for the green economy. It's very exciting, kind of unprecedented collaboration between the county, SUNY Newport, SUNY Ulster, Ulster BOCES, basically all of our public educational institutions at every level. But, you know, I'm very focused on making sure that we're offering these opportunities, these training and, and educational opportunities to people who have not historically had access to them. And that includes women and who have children at home and have to make a choice, a choice they shouldn't have to make. So for instance, I'm focused on making sure that we're providing childcare as a service, as part of this workforce innovation center so that we can expand those opportunities. But you know, this, it comes up a lot. There's just a lot of issues that, that women need to be like in the room contributing to because, you know, we, we have a unique perspective on, you know, a, the wide range of economic and social and political issues that we're dealing with today. Obviously, you're now running for a full four-year term, and you've been hitting the ground running on all these issues you've currently mentioned, but especially climate and housing, I know, are two very important issues for you. And on climate, uh, my understanding is you've implemented a new executive order in the county. You've implemented new policies for green purchasing and green fleets, established a composting pilot program, as well as the new Ulster County Climate Corps. And then on housing, you've been really focused on tackling the housing crisis by looking at the root causes of it 
and expanding supply while also putting out the conversation about creating a broader housing reserve fund. Can you talk a little bit more about your work on these issues of climate and housing in Ulster and why are you so focused on those two issues specifically? Sure, and I will say that they are very much related and I am relating them both in my um, in the proposals I put forward. Um, but you know, these are two of the greatest challenges we face right now. Um, and both are not just local issues. I mean, obviously climate is a global issue. The housing issue is also, it's a statewide issue. It's a national issue. Both are crises uh, that we need new, innovative and out of the box solutions to address. On, on climate, uh, within my first 30 days, I issued an executive order with 13 directives in basically every every aspect of you know where where our emissions are coming from as a county and different approaches we have to take to addressing them. I'm hoping again to create some new models. I'll just give one small example. You know, governments are major purchasers of supplies and materials, and we can move markets. We can create markets, um, and we can, you know, support the right kinds of products or support the wrong kinds of products and services with our choices. So, for instance, in my purchasing policy update, I've required that um, we, the county, only purchase paper made with 100% post-consumer recycled content. Why is that important? Well, a quarter of the waste in our landfills is paper. And when it decomposes, it generates methane emissions, which are, you know, over 80 times more potent than, than you know, carbon emissions. And, you know, it's a huge climate issue. By um, putting this policy in place, the county is helping to create a market for paper made with recycled content and, uh, you know, diverting that waste from the waste stream. So, you know, governments have a really important role to play, both kind of in creating and supporting the right markets and in, in modeling the right, right behaviors. On the housing front, there's a huge disconnect between the demand for housing and supply, uh, and that ultimately that we need more housing. I mean, we're never going to resolve this crisis without it. Um, I have proposed a housing action fund to the state legislature. They're actually it's they're actually going to be voting on it in July. We would devote 15 million dollars of our surplus fund balance as kind of to seed this fund with, but I've also proposed that we dedicate 25% of our occupancy tax revenues on an ongoing basis to feed that fund on an ongoing basis. What this, this fund will do is not only catalyze the development of housing that people can afford, it's going to catalyze the development of housing that people can afford that is healthy housing and green housing. It's got to meet strict sustainability and energy efficiency criteria. Again, this is our our built environment, our buildings are our biggest source of climate damaging emissions in New York State. So it's, it's critical that everything we build, we build with an environmental responsibility and um, climate forwardness in mind. So, and that's everything, everything we touch as a county government, basically under my administration, I've set this out from the very start.
everything is going to be looked at through the lens of equity and sustainability. If, it, if, if an initiative program, anything we do falls short, we've got to make a correction because those are the guiding values that the county government is going to bring to everything it touches. Well, for equity and sustainability, those are certainly noble goals, both in government, and I know that it's important for you on your campaign as well. And Jen, my final question for you is for people who like what they're hearing today from you and would like to get involved with supporting your campaign, what's the best way for them to get engaged? So I would say check out my website, uh, jenmetzger.com, and you can also follow me on social. It's jenmetzgerny on Instagram and Twitter and Jen Metzger for Ulster County Executive on Facebook. And yes, and I would love to connect with, with any folks who are interested. Well, Jen, I can't thank you enough again for being on the program. I certainly miss having you as my county executive. Uh, shout I out to miss you, you Alec. <laughs> You're <laughs> only 45 minutes away or so, but uh, in all seriousness, again, thank you for joining us from the lobby. And let me hand it off to Joanna to close out our program. Thank you, Alec. Take care. Thank you, Alec and Jen, for sharing your story and your ambitious plan for Ulster County. You've been on the job less than a year now. I have a quick question for you. Can you tell us what has been the most interesting aspect of your work so far? I would say the most interesting aspect of this job is that every day, every hour is some new and different issue that we're working on. I mean, the county government is, um, you know, it's a huge operation and uh, with almost 1,400 employees, 26 departments, and spanning so many critical issue areas, you know, public health, mental health, economic development, environmental protection. It's, it's just, it's the full gamut. And what I love about this job is I, I get to, I get to focus on the broad, like just the broad ranges of issues and challenges that our communities face and problem solve. Um, and I, I just, I thoroughly enjoy that work. You do sound very inspired and motivated by your work. And we'd like to thank you again for joining us on this podcast to talk about that. And again, for more information on Jen, you can visit her website. It's jenmetzger.com. That's jenmetzger.com. And for the latest in political news, sign up for our Monday Morning Memo. It's sent right to your inbox. You can subscribe on our website at odonnellsolutions.com. That's odonnellsolutions.com. And for daily updates, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at O'Donnell and Associates. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back from the lobby with Jack O'Donnell.